Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship, to sing songs of praise to you and thanks for your love, but to listen to you again and to be guided by you, to be comforted by you, to allow your spirit to interact with our spirit so that we get a true picture of what life is meant to be. Heavenly Father, open up our hearts and minds so that we hear from you and we are shaped by you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The focus is love always. Not some of the times, not when we feel like it, but always. Our reading from Romans began with these words. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. And this love, for those who are a bit of the the Bible nutters, nerdies, people who are like, oh, which love is this? It's the agape love that Paul's talking about. The love that comes from God, this unconditional love. Forever loves others has fulfilled the law. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves has fulfilled the law. As Christians, we have this wonderful, great, life-changing message. A message that some would say is summed up in John chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The life-changing message of Christianity is God is always loving. God always loves you, no matter what. This is the message for you. It's the message for your family. It's the message for the entire world. It's the message that Jesus brought into this world for us and not just spoke about it, but lived it out, that God is always loving us. And so if you ever doubt, can I encourage you to go back to the scriptures? Can I encourage you to focus on the cross of Jesus, the symbol of Christian love, and remember how much God loves you? And from Jesus' mission of love, we are called to live a loving life. Live a loving life always. From 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. What a great message. Wouldn't it be great? This great message, this great focus that we have as a Christian church is to to be people of love. It sounds great, doesn't it? It's wonderful. Now, sometimes we mess it up because we're not perfect, but that's supposed to be our focus. The Christian life of love sounds wonderful. It sounds exciting. It sounds great until, until someone has a difference of opinion to us, a significant difference of opinion, and it causes us tension, or until 
someone does something we don't like or agree with. Or until someone causes hurt to us or others. Or as the Bible talks about, until someone sins. And then the problem becomes that we often toss out love from our life or at best put it on a bookshelf and allow other things to be the agenda of how we deal with life. Often love goes out the window. It becomes more about us winning an argument. It becomes more about us getting our way or people seeing life from our perspective. It becomes more about us being seen to be by others good whilst others are pushed down and not as good. And that is because no longer is love and relationships important, but how we see life becomes more important. How we, how much money we make becomes more important. About our status becomes more important than our relationships and God's love ruling our life. The problem is when we are hurt, when things aren't going right, when we want to get change, when we want things to happen our way, we often push love aside. We often make an excuse. And this happens within the church. And it happens in our families. It happens in our communities. And so the challenge for us as Christians is, how do we live with love? Because central to, the Christ, to God's love, and therefore the Christian love, is this. Sin does not stop God's love. Sin does not stop it. It did not stop God loving his people. It does not stop God loving you. It does not stop God loving others. But in fact, sin is actually a time for God's love to shine. Remember the words from Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so maybe we need a different perspective on how we deal with some. A biblical perspective, a biblical approach to how we go about situations. Something I encourage you to reflect on. When bad things happen, when someone does something I don't like, when someone sins against me, here's a challenge for us as Christians. How can I respond to this situation in ways that reflect God's love and where love is the main message, where people get to see that God's love is what is influencing us and therefore they get to know about God's love through how we deal with things. Now, it's not always easy. But what this does, when we start thinking this way, it changes the pace of how we deal with issues. It changes how we approach problems rather than talking amongst other people to undermine situations. We go and deal with them directly ourselves rather than holding on to grudges against someone, we talk to them. 
but we also spend time listening. Now, as a pastor and as a father and as a person in the community, this sometimes I've not done this well. But one time where I remember where myself and a significant congregational member in a previous parish we had, there was a major issue, and somehow we got together. And this person was quite angry with me over some things. And yet we talked two hours listening and talking. And you know what happened? We saw each other's perspective. We started to understand what was going on. We started to let go of some perceptions that we had about how things should be done. And rather, we worked together. And instead of having this anger, we kind of, the atmosphere, you could tense, by the end changed. By the end, it was one of we're communicating. And now I still am in contact with this person. I'd love to say that I handle it like that every time, but I don't. But that time, God had encouraged us and used some other people and encouraged us to deal with the situation one-on-one because when we deal with that, it helped us deal with the issue and other things didn't come into fraud. And so if we're going to be bearers of God's love, we need to look at Jesus. We need to look at how Jesus responds to difficult situations and how he responds to them in love. We need to listen to the teachings of Jesus. Just like our gospel reading today. And I want you just to listen to the words of what Jesus says. Take notice of what Jesus says. And this is in a passage where he talks, he's talking about forgiveness and he's talking about difficult situations. And this is what he says. If your brother or sister's sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they will still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. There's a number of ways to interpret that last phrase. You know, if I, how would you treat a pagan or a tax collector? Our human nature is to get rid of them. Toss them out. And that's how many times I would like to do it. The Message Bible actually has a a phrase at the end that says something like this. Um, If they refuse to listen even to the church, keep working out ways you can love and forgive them. So keep working on it. You may be reading this and think, Hold on a moment. Does that mean I've got to be the Christian doormat and let people walk over me? This is not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, deal with situations. Deal with situations in a loving way. Not to win the argument for the sake of winning the argument. I'm going to lay something on out at the moment, and it's not about a position, but I have got major fears of two things. One affects our church. And one's affects our community. And both is because people are holding on to an outcome 
of either the voice one way or the other. And they are passionate about it, but they're holding onto it so much that if they don't get their way, they're going to treat people not in a loving way, but in another way. And likewise, in our church, we have this discussion about the future of the church and women's ordination, and some people are holding onto positions so strongly that that seems to be more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the issue. This approach to life only makes sense. Only makes sense if we see ourselves as missionaries of Jesus' mission. If we see ourselves as our purpose in life is to live bearing the love of God in the world and bringing God's love to others in all situations. Not just some, not just when somebody's loving to us, not just when we're in a a Christian environment or a family environment, but in all situations. Recently, I was at a conference and a very large church was presenting on something on discipleship. And the presenter, who's a senior pastor of that church, said, look, um, our board has a problem. Sometimes we get very good business people on our board, very good governance people, and they'll say things like, this is the way business does it, so we don't have to worry about that Christian love stuff. We've just got to do it like this because it's effective. And he said, over time, my response to that is now, um, yes, we are large like a business, but we're a family business. And a family business is about caring for the family and showing love to the family as we do business. Now, this is not easy because this is not about just rolling over and going, no, I'm just going to let people walk over me. But this is about engaging with people in a loving spirit, in a loving ways, and elevating the importance of relationships, just like Jesus did. And it's about encouraging people not to be focused on secondary agendas, but on God's love. And it's about dealing with real issues that sometimes we have to deal with, and many times we have to deal with, but in a loving way, a different way to others. Some say, ah, you're just being soft. Well, when people say that, always remember the stories of Jesus. And Jesus showed love, and he wasn't soft. But he was different. So what does this mean for us in living our faith? Well, first of all, If we're going to be missionaries of God's love, we need to keep remembering that we are always loved by God. And so every day I'd encourage you to take time to reflect on the love God has for you. Read your Bible. Listen to the stories of love God has for you. Listen to his words of love. Maybe, and there's a, a, um, a tradition in some parts of the world, where they get one passage of scripture and they just read it every night, the same passage every night for 12 months. And they just dwell on it. It's called dwelling in the word and they just keep reading it. And maybe the 1 Corinthians 13 passage is one you could read. Or maybe you spend time confessing sins, not with the purpose of beating yourself up, but recognising of, God still loves me despite these sins. Maybe when you go for walks, you look at 
how much God loves the world and how he's given us this beautiful creation. Or maybe you put a cross or a significant Christian picture in, your, in a, a prominent place in your house what keeps reminding you of God's love. When I first moved to Oxford, to Darlinghurst, I went down Oxford Street and there was a hamburger shop. It's no longer there. He's moved to King's Cross. And I don't know if he's taken it, but when he was in Oxford Street, he had a crucifix in there. Could you imagine a crucifix in Oxford Street in a shop? And I just said to him one day, I said, mate, what's this about? I go, oh, it's good to see. I'm a Christian as well. And he goes, every day it's for me to remind me that God loves me and he loves every other whacker that walks in this door. <laughs> right? And he had so this reminder of God's love. Secondly, in your living the faith, is remember you are a disciple of Jesus. You're a missionary of God's love wherever you are. There is not one place you go where you are not called to be sharing God's love. Now, you may have some responsibilities that need to be tough, like a policeman. But think about what it might mean to share God's love in those situations. A number of years ago, um, I met with a Christian politician and he, he made this comment. He says, I go to places that many, many people can't go because of my role. I go and I'm elected as a politician to represent people, to care for people. However, he said, I'm also elected because God wants me there to share his love with each other. And he goes, you know, one of the best times I have in Parliament is when we have politicians' prayer breakfast and I'm praying with somebody from the opposition party. And we're not focused on politics, we're focused on this great message that God loves all people. So can I encourage you to think about this, that wherever you go, God has given you this love to take and you could hold it onto yourself just for yourself where you can think, well, who are the people God wants me to share it with today? And what I say and what I do. And so in every situation, look for ways to reveal God's love through not just what you say and do, but also how you say and do it how you approach things. And this can be challenging. Because I know when things are not going well, I like to grumble a little bit with people. But that's not always a healthy. I've got to choose where I grumble. Because sometimes all I'm doing is encouraging others to grumble and not see God's love. But think about what it might mean in the way you can share God's love with people and listen. Think about what it might mean to help people who are so passionate about a particular issue that they have pushed God's love aside and that issue has become more important in their life. How you might be able to help them see that there is still God's love, even if their position does not, not become reality. Think about your family, your friends, your workplace, when you shop, when you go down the street, when you interact, when you face difficult scenarios, just like Jesus was talking about us today. You see, we are God's missionaries. 
And God is always loving. You know, the message of scriptures throughout the Old through the New Testament is God is always loving. Sometimes it doesn't always appear that from our perspective. But behind every story is this constant love that God has. And his plan for his message of love is to come through people like you. People who are ordinary. And if you doubt that, look at the quite weird characters that God chose to share his love. The quite flawed characters at times he chose to share his love. God has called each of us to live a life of receiving his love and sharing his love because God is always loving and his plan for his message of love is to come through people just like you. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, God of love, we thank you for this love that you give us. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us and help us to see that our main goal in life, our main agenda in life, is to bring your love into the world that we live. Lord, when situations occur that encourage other agendas to pop up, help us to respond to those situations with a loving spirit and a loving heart. Give us a sense of your grace and your peace. Remind us that you are always loving and you want others to know that you are loving them. And Heavenly Father, be with us as we worship together, as we be a community of faith together. Help us to live a life of loving each other. But also be with us as we go from this place into the wider world where your love is not the main agenda. But may it become the main agenda through us. In the name of Jesus, the one who showed your love to us, we pray. Amen.